Welcome to the Locked on Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, a lot of the conversation about the upcoming NFL season has been about how players will police themselves and stay safe when they aren't at the team facility, but there hasn't been a lot of discussion about how players will be held accountable when they are actually in team headquarters. And for the Tennessee Titans, look no further than one veteran offensive lineman who has been ruling with an iron fist around Titans training camp. In our first segment, I will tell you guys who that Titan is, and we will hear some interesting comments from his teammates. Then we will continue hearing from other Tennessee Titans. A lot of the players spoke about the beginning of training camp, and I want to make sure I catch you guys up to all of the highlights from those conversations. It will be a big Sounds of the Titans Day as we look at the big quotes and comments, the highlights from some of the Zoom conferences from the Titans opening of training camp. So excited to talk about all of that with you guys. So far this week, we have heard from Arthur Smith. We have heard from Shane Bowen as well. So make sure that you subscribe to the Locked on Titans podcast on Apple podcast or follow on Spotify or whatever platform that you do stream as I will continue to put out Titans content Monday through Friday throughout the rest of the season. So really excited to hear from some of the Titans biggest names today. Let's get it. When it comes to policing players inside the team facility and making sure that all Titans players are following safety protocols, look no further than Titans veteran offensive lineman Dennis Kelly. Dennis Kelly is also the Titans player rep for the Players Association, so naturally he has taken it upon himself to make sure that all Titans players are six feet apart, are wearing masks, and are generally following all of the safety procedures that will keep the Titans safe and healthy and try to have the best, most productive season they can in 2020. But Dennis Kelly has not taken this responsibility lightly and although he could just generally go about his day by casually and politely letting players know to follow the protocols, Dennis Kelly has taken an iron fist approach and become the Titans COVID sheriff of sorts and his teammates have responded with some interesting comments. This is what fellow offensive lineman Taylor Lewan had to say about Dennis Kelly's leadership style when it comes to forcing Titans players to follow safety protocols. Uh, I think Dennis would be an unbelievable dictator in any country um, as the way he's been handling the mass thing. And so, although it's been very annoying, um, he's doing a good job. And I hate even saying that out loud. Dennis is a really good friend of mine. So I hate doing the boy compliments, but Dennis, Dennis and I actually got into, into it today about me and my mask was below my nose. So I made, he made sure and told me uh, the protocols of what to do. And so um, he's, he's been doing a good job. He's definitely is not worried about being annoying from that sense, which is good. And from the Titans' perspective, if annoying means safe, then it sounds like annoying will do for Dennis Kelly, the undertaker, the dictator. All nicknames are playful, of course, for Dennis Kelly, but Taylor Lewan is not the only teammate of Kelly's that had something to say about his style when it comes to enforcing the rules. Jonu Smith, Titans tight end, also had this to say. 
Yeah, no, nah, Dennis definitely doing his thing, man, making sure that we, uh, you know, staying safe, uh, you know, keeping the health of the team first, um, you know, keeping the health of everyone in this organization first. Uh, you know, he's, he's definitely been patrolling, doing his thing. Uh, you know, we just got, you know, we kind of, you know, following Dennis Lee when it comes to, you know, safety protocols, man. But in all seriousness, it does come back to the fact that Dennis Kelly is the Titans player rep when it comes to the players union. And it's his responsibility not only to himself and his team, but to all players in the NFL to make sure that all of the players are following the protocols and the safety guidelines that people like Dennis Kelly and those associated with the players union worked so hard to get set into place. A lot of time was spent negotiating back and forth with the NFL to make the safest environment for players possible and you don't want any self-sabotage from the players themselves by not following the protocols that were designed to help them. So Dennis Kelly, while getting some easy ribbing from his teammates, is clearly doing a fantastic job making sure that the Titans players are being as safe as possible when they are there in the facility. But of course, you can't ignore the fact that the primary concern is how players stay safe outside the building. So let's dive into the highlights from Taylor Lewan's press conference where he talked about some of these things starting off with how you can police guys outside the locker room. When it comes to, when it comes to that stuff it's it's your obligation to be a pro when you're outside of the building. Uh, this isn't college football, this isn't high school football anymore. This is not an arena league. This is the big leagues. And so if guys want to be a part of it, if guys want to, you know, take, you know, part in this season, then uh, it's on them to do those types of things. I can't go and micromanage a bunch of guys. I know that for myself, I'm going to be the best pro I possibly can be. I have a daughter um, that's 14 days or 15 days old today. So, you know, we're one of those higher risk situations and I'm just trying to be as smart as possible. And kind of, this is one of the things you have to take care of your own stuff. And, you know, we'll be vocal and make sure that guys are smart and do the best they can. But when they leave this building, it's truly on them. And it's just about being a pro and making sure, you're in the uh, the right situation and don't put yourself in a position to contract something or be somewhere that you shouldn't be. I mean, this is a business and this is what we're trying to do is have a football season. It's not about going out. Spoken like a true professional, Taylor, and it's worth noting that Taylor also had some poignant comments about playing in a bubble and if he was asked to do so, would he do it? And he did mention that there are soldiers from all over the country who are asked to leave their families and go do a lot more for a lot less money. So he would absolutely play in a bubble. That's worth noting. I think it's an interesting thing that Taylor had to say there. Transitioning into football, Taylor talks about how this offensive line can get off to a better start in 2020. Yeah, um... For the offseason, it's, it's, it was tough for everybody to get together. Um, but as an offensive line, our group has done a great job of staying in contact with everybody. We have a very close-knit group, guys that come to this team and leave this team. Uh, one thing that's been fairly consistent is guys comment on how close this offensive line is. So for us, we've preached, hey, we need to start this season the way we finish. Let's not start slow like we have in the past and get going. Um, and at the same time, put 2019 in the rearview mirror and get ready to go in 2020. So we getting guys going here, um, working on techniques and fundamentals. That's what this first couple of weeks is about. And so uh, I'm pretty confident being third year in the same offense that we um, we have a huge opportunity here, especially as an offensive line to, to mold and gel fast and not have those hiccups of whether it was me being suspended at the beginning of the year, uh, all the sacks in the beginning of the year. We have an opportunity to write those and, um, and take advantage of our opportunities. And then, of course, 
you had to know that Taylor would be asked the obligatory continuity question that seems like gets asked every single person every single Zoom meeting. But I thought Taylor's answer here was really impressive. Yeah, I think uh, the continuity you're speaking of, uh, how close we are as a unit is huge. Um, It gives me an opportunity to look at a guy like Roger Saffold and say, hey, listen, that's not how we're going to do it. Or him say the same thing to me. Me look at Ben Jones, hey, that was the wrong call. Or him tell me, hey, that was the wrong step. And uh, being with Keith for a third year and uh, Sullivan, Mike Sullivan and I have been together since my rookie year here. So um, I think the closer you are, the more that you understand your teammates and how their personalities work, it's easier for us to all push the cart in the direction we want to go. And, you know, we want to, we want to repeat and do better than we did last year. That's that's what we want to do. And um, it's just about when we have the opportunity to get on the field together, working the small minute details because we know we know the offense you know you can put up a play and you know 95 percent of the guys are gonna be able to rattle off the keys of that play what the scheme is and everything um but now it's about fine-tuning those details and that i think that's a really big deal for us being in the third year of this offense just a really insightful answer and when they talk about continuity when we talk about continuity on this show you're thinking about just knowing the plays knowing where someone wants to go knowing how someone handles certain plays but Taylor talks about the continuity from more of a personal relationship standpoint being comfortable holding guys accountable being held accountable by your teammates those are the sort of things that continuity really can benefit you at let it, you know different from just the X's and O's of continuity. So I thought that was an impressive answer from Taylor. He gives some really thoughtful answers sometimes. I thought it was important you guys heard that one. Moving into Titans, tight end Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith had an interesting offseason and you can tell he's not uh, the most comfortable giving long, drawn out answers, but he has to say what he has to say and he makes it quick and to the point and he talked about getting that extra work in with Ryan Tannehill and Darrington Evans and how that'll help him going into the season yeah we was down there working in South Florida um you know uh, putting on a lot of great work this offseason um you know Ryan looks great um best best I've ever seen him um since I've been around him um you know he looks confident um you know I know he's ready to lead this team and uh, I know he's definitely going to make some strides this year um as we all are Darrington Evans um just uh, very very fascinating player um you know just as athletic as he can be as quick as he can be, um, you know, it's going to be a great addition to this offense. And, uh, you know, I know we're going to find ways to, you know, get him the ball and, you know, help, help, help use him to help him, you know, help us win some games. If I could tell you one thing going forward about the show here, it's that this is Darren Darrington Evans' dream fuel. Like, I could not be more excited for Darrington Evans and what he could add to this Titans offense, and it seems like, at least from his tight end and his quarterback, that feeling is shared. Next, if you want to continue to get really excited, I hope you guys are sitting down, here is what Jonu Smith had to say about Arthur Smith. Uh, Art grew so much, man. Uh, Art is one of the most... Uh, one of the smartest football people I've ever been around in my life, man. And, you know, I've been around a lot of a lot of smart guys, man. So that's, that's saying a lot. Um, you know, I've had the pleasure of being around a lot of smart guys. And um, Art is just always, uh, you know, trying to, you know, find a, a small detail and, and, and something, man, that could, you know, be the deciding factor of us winning or losing, man. And that's just why I love and got so much respect for Art, man. His, his grind and his work ethic, man, is, you know, a lot of people don't see it, you know, and I understand that because, 
because, you know, people, most people from, you know, a different perspective won't really see, you know, what offensive coordinators go through on a daily basis. But, uh, you know, that guy right there, man, he, he, he comes to work every day and, uh, you know, gives gives us his all, man. And, uh, you know, I think that showed last year and I just know he's coming to give us more this year. I mean, if that doesn't get your heart racing thinking about what this offense can be in 2020, then quite frankly, I don't know what will. But that's enough talk about the offense. And from the offense, let's hear from some of the studs on defense after this. Let's get defensive. Let's hear from two of the Titans' biggest stars on defense. First, we will hear from emerging star outside linebacker Harold Honor Landry. And this is the first time we've got to hear from Landry in quite some time. So the first question is obvious. What caused the dip in production for him late in the season last year? I don't know. I just felt like, I, you know, my preparation was the same. Uh, you know, I guess I just had like a, like a cold spurt. You know, um, you know, you hate to see it, but you know, it happens. Uh, but uh, I don't, I'm not too worried about that uh, happening this year. Um, I feel tremendous uh, and, you know, I'm just ready to go. And Landry can't say it, but the dip in his production came when he didn't have anybody worth a dang across from him rushing the passer. Uh, a, a great stat by Will Lomas from Titan Sized in an article recently, 78% of Landry's sacks came when Cameron Wake was playing across from him in the games that Wake played. So to me, it's obvious that Landry just needs a little bit of help and get a little bit of the attention off him and he'll continue to produce. But another factor is something that Shane Bowen talked about in his Zoom conference that we heard yesterday. Harold Landry played too many snaps last year and it's Shane Bowen's opinion, his position coach, that maybe he wasn't fresh enough to stay productive throughout the season. I don't think that Harold Landry necessarily agrees. Yeah, no, I mean... I hold myself to a high standard, so I feel like, you know, whenever he wants me out there, I should be able to perform at a high level. Um, you know, that's on me. Uh, but, you know, uh, yeah, you know, I just I just need to be uh, – let me say, I just need to be able to perform at my best, full go, every single play. And, you know, I, I think it has more so to do with, you know, me than it does him. But, you know, I appreciate him, you know, having my back. <laughs> That's a very interesting answer there from Landry. It's obvious that he wants to play just as many snaps. He doesn't want to lose any snaps, so he doesn't want the coach thinking that playing so many snaps caused his dip in production because he doesn't want to lose any snaps. I get it. He's a competitor, and he just wants to play, and he just wants to win because he was asked how important it is that he be the sack leader on this team for years to come, and his answer was... Very team friendly. Nah, I mean, that's not necessarily like something I think about every day. I just think that I want to be a player that when I go out on the field, you know, all of my like all the, all my boys that I'm out there with, like they can like count on me to, you know, not just like to do my job, but to make impactful plays and to just cut it loose and, you know, just be relentless every single snap. If I end up leading the team in sacks, then, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, my goal every play is just to be impactful, be able to somehow get the ball back to our offense as fast as we can. 
I like the term that Landry is using there, impact plays. And whenever I watch film and you look at another defensive lineman, take Jadavian Clowney. You hear people bring up, he only had three sacks. This, It's about the impact that you have on the field. You can't just always scout the box score. And I'm glad that Harold Landry has the correct perspective on how his stats should look. Now, if he is making impact plays, the stats will follow, of course, but the stats that you produce are not the be-all, end-all when it comes to winning football games. And if the Titans want to win football games, then everyone's going to have to be prepared and hopefully had a productive offseason. How did Harold Landry prepare this offseason? Uh, yeah, so uh, I spent pretty much my whole offseason here in Tennessee. Um, it's crazy how things worked out. You know, I was actually like uh, doing a, a legit home gym before the whole COVID thing broke out. And then the whole COVID thing broke out and I was already set with like the renovations and everything at my house uh, to have my own gym. So I'm ready to go. I feel great. I'm ready to take that next step. You know, my goal, uh, my goal really when I came into the league was just be a better player every single year I come into the league. You know, I feel like I took a step from year one to year two, and now it's time to take a step from year two to year three. And uh, I think I'm ready to do that. Uh, I put in a lot of work and, you know, I'm excited for this season. And if Landry wants to make another big leap in year three, he's going to have to focus on his pass rush moves. But here, Landry gives us really good insight into his perspective and his philosophy on how to train on pass rush moves. Um, so I would say, you know, just like being consistent with my work and preparation every single day, and especially like uh, in the weight room, man out on the field, like in my own time, you know, being able to maintain that explosive ability um, and my strength throughout the entire uh, uh, NFL season, um, you know, being diligent with my body as well, taking care of my body. Um, but yeah, no, nah, I mean, I'm not necessarily looking to have like, you know, a thousand moves in my repertoire. You know, I'm just looking to have two or three um, and being able to make those the best, like the best reps possible. Um, um, you know, and another thing is, you know, being versatile, being able to, you know, rush, um, not just on the edge, but, you know, wherever they want me to rush from, depending on the call. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, that's what I, that's what, that's, that's what I feel like I need to do to take that next step. Quality over quantity. It makes perfect sense if you have two to three go-to moves that you have completely mastered. That's going to be better than being average at a ton of different things. So it makes a lot of sense and it's good that Landry going into his third year here seems to have really found a great spot mentally and really understands what he needs to do to continue to improve. And he expounded upon his answer by talking about some of the pass rushers that he actually watches and focuses and some of their best moves? No, I mean, uh, it depends on, like, what what move you're looking at, you know, because to me, you know, not everybody matches the skill set of a Vaughn Miller or Khalil Mack who can just win off their athletic ability. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, But, like, when you're you're talking about different moves, you can watch different guys. Like, if you're trying to perfect a spin, you can watch Dwight Freeney. If you're trying to, you know, protect, like, uh, if you're trying to, like, perfect a, um, a ghost move, uh, touch and go, you can look at Vaughn. If you're trying to look at a cross chop, you can look at Yannick. I mean, you can, like, the list goes on. Depending on what moves you're trying to work on, there's a whole bunch of guys in this league that they've picked certain moves and they've kind of mastered them. And, you know, I feel like that's what you want. You need to have, like, I feel like to 
to maintain a level of consistency in this league um, uh, to produce wins uh, in pass rushing, you got to like, you just got to pick a couple moves and just like make them the, like your best moves and just be able to hit them with stride, no thinking about it uh, every rep. And I think you'll have success. I thought that was an excellent interview from Harold Landry. Don't get to hear from Landry a lot, and everything he had to say was incredibly insightful, and it seems like he's really, really tuned in to what he needs to do to get better. Excited to see what he does for the Titans in year three. Someone who we know we can count on, who has already taken quite a few leaps, is the leader of the defense now, safety Kevin Byard. And of course, Kevin Byard had something to say about how they police things in the locker room in terms of safety protocol and had uh, a couple additional comments about Dennis Kelly. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we everybody has social media. Everybody has Twitter. You know, we're seeing different things about baseball. Um, I mean, I'm, it's a lot of rumors out there about, you know, guys were at clubs and, you know, all type of different stuff like that. So, like I said, I mean, we, I can only control what I can control, which is making sure that I'm wearing my mask and I'm washing my hands and I'm trying to be safe and just trying to talk to the guys about them pretty much doing the same thing. I mean, we, even Dennis Kelly, he's obviously our player rep. You know, he's almost been like a, he's real. He's really been anal about it. I mean, for some guys, obviously, we're all getting used to these new rules and protocols and wearing the mask and stuff like that. And I think it's good. I think it's good for, you know, John, the head coaches, everybody's just trying to make sure that everybody's wearing masks, because at the end of the day, man, the safest team and the healthiest team this year, uh, I think is going to be the one that's going to be playing in January and February. So, I mean, like I said, like, we can only control what we control. I mean, obviously, different sports, whether it's basketball, you know, NHL, baseball, they all have different, you know, ways of going about things. But as far as us as a team, we're trying to do our best. One thing I really love about Kevin Byard is how much he loves football. It's very obvious from his play and anytime he talks to the media, it just pops out at you how much he really loves the game. And That's why I loved hearing his answer to the question, how does it feel to be back? And then, of course, Kevin kept going and talked about what the environment is like now that they are back in the building. Honestly, man, it's been great. I mean, this is the longest I've been without, you know, football probably since I start, start playing. Uh, it's been a long time. I'm Honestly, I'm happy to be around the guys. I'm happy to be in the DB room just, you know, talking about ball, talking about life, asking guys what they did as offseason. Obviously, nobody's really done anything, but it's been great, man. I want to play football. I wanted to come back to work. I wanted to get coached. I wanted to be in the meeting room and talking about ball. This is something I enjoy doing. But, I mean, obviously, it's been different. I mean, we've been in the weight room with masks on and stuff like that. This is obviously something we're adjusting to. But, I mean, honestly, it's a blessing. I feel like I'm blessed to be able to play a game that I love. I mean, obviously, it's unprecedented, and it's a lot of different things we have to get used to. But, you know, just doing what I can. Obviously, so our DB room is actually not even in the building. It's actually in the bubble. We're kind of always ducked off in the corner. Uh, but, yeah, the desks are spread out. Uh, our coach has like like a mic that he's talking through speakers. So, you know, guys in the back can hear because we're a little spread out. I mean, you know, when guys are answering questions, and stuff like that, sometimes it's hard to hear. Uh, you have to kind of like lean, just try to hear guys. But I mean, obviously, once we get out there on the field and get out there and walk throughs, we're going to be trying to do our best to communicate. Some guys are going to have masks on, you know, it, it's, it's different for sure. It's definitely different. But um, I think the beauty of it is the simple fact is we're obviously coming back in the same system. So a lot of this stuff is really just more review, clean up on a lot of different things. And, uh, you know, we're trying to hit the ground running. So I think we're going to try to use that as an advantage that maybe other teams don't have that advantage. So we're just going to try to use every advantage that we can use this season. 
and it would be a major advantage for the Titans if they could somehow get their newly formed secondary on the same page, and that's obviously a major responsibility for a leader like Kevin Byard. So how does this secondary accomplish that? And there's a name in this answer that I want all of you to pay attention to. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, from, from what I've been hearing, uh, as far as obviously the rookies they reported a week earlier, I heard they've been great in walkthroughs and great in meetings and things like that. So, you know, they're ahead. I mean, uh, it, it's been pretty good. And, I mean, I've, I've worked out with him this summer with Jason Spray. I mean, he's a worker. So I understand that he's always going to be in, in tentative in meetings. And just like you said, Jay Joe's been in this league a long time. I, I don't think it's going to be nothing for him to pick up uh, from pretty much where he left off or pretty much. I mean, obviously, him and Variable has a great relationship. So, He's a pro. He's going to figure out the defense and stuff like that as well. But that's going to be the main thing when we're doing our walkthroughs and, you know, just being on the field, just making sure that we're all on the same page and just talking and just having those side conversations. Hey, you know, understanding, you know, what guys like and what guys are seeing and just making sure we're on the same page. And I think that's going to be, you know, my biggest responsibility this year, making sure that a guy like J. Joe, a guy like Christian Fulton and everybody, you know, we're all talking and speaking the same language. If you are listening right now and you just heard that name, that is a little teaser for you all. Someone you may potentially hear on the Locked on Titans podcast sometime in the near future. But that's all I have to say about that. We are going to move to the last segment of the show today and hear from the Titans quarterbacks. We will round out today's major Sounds of the Titans episode hearing from the Titans quarterbacks. First, of course, you have to start with the starter. And Ryan Tannehill talks about how the day-to-day operations is different or the same compared to normal years. I mean, X's and O's wise, it's, you know, getting back into it, you know, your, your day one install. Um, you know, being a little different that we're not going out and practicing, you know, you, normally in camp, you have, you know, a day of, of conditioning um, and then conditioning tests. And the next day you're in, you're in helmets and you're practicing. So obviously a little slower start physically for us, uh, but we're jumping in mentally um, in the meetings uh, in walkthroughs, making sure that everyone's on top of the details. And that way, when we do go full speed, we'll be able to do it fast and, and do it effectively. I enjoy getting a inside look and inside look at the itinerary daily for Ryan Tannehill. Next, you knew it was coming, a continuity question. Well, it's, it's huge. Anytime you have continuity from year to year, it helps a lot. You know, the league, uh, your team usually changes a, a whole lot from year to year, and, and we do have change. But um, like I said, bringing back a lot of familiar faces is a good thing. You know, we're, we're jumping back into the same offense um, with, with some minor adjustments and, uh, you know, really able to lock in on, on smaller details that, that we never got to last year. You know, we're able to fine tune things to a, to a point that um, we weren't able to push things last year. So if we can do that throughout the season and, and keep pushing forward, you know, it's only going to help us. We have a ton of banked reps with the guys that are going to be lining up. And, um, you know, when you have that, you have that uh, familiarity, the comf- comfortability with uh, the guy that's beside you, the guy you're throwing to, the guy, um, who's handing you the ball, then you know, hopefully it helps you. 
I make jokes, but that's a very good answer from Ryan Tannehill, and it makes a lot of sense as well. The next thing that was asked of Ryan Tannehill, the beginning, quite frankly, it had me laughing for a few minutes when I was preparing for the show. The question was, and as all of us have, has Ryan Tannehill heard all of the talk about regression? Yeah, I mean, I only really hear about it when I get asked about it uh, in situations like this. Uh, I don't do a whole lot of of reading or spend much time on social media or anything like that. So, um, you know, to really answer your question, I, I, my process doesn't change. You know, how I go about getting ready uh, for a season, getting ready for a football game, um, how I work in practice and, and prepare, uh, that process doesn't change. So I'm doing everything I can to, to play the best football I can. And, um, you know, whatever happens after that happens. But, you know, I'm, I'm excited, like I said, about the opportunity to have and, and the guys that we have on this football team. And I feel like, you know, we have a, a lot of things working for us and it can really be a good year for us. He said, I only hear about it when I get asked about it. Oh, poor Ryan. I felt so bad. It's like one of those moments when it's like, man, you know, how have you lived your whole life being this ugly? And the person's like, I'm ugly. You know, a lack of self-awareness there. I guess he just doesn't you know, read anything in the media. So maybe he doesn't really know, but I I could not help but laugh at his um, boyish response to that question. But next, Ryan dives into some of the players he is going to be playing with this season. First, talking about A.J. Brown and then some more Darrington Evans love. Yeah, I'm excited to get to call him a teammate. You know, he's a guy who uh, is extremely talented. We saw that last year. Uh, coming into year two, he's hungry. He's excited about the opportunity we have. He's worked extremely hard this off season, and um, you know, just having him having him here in the building uh, has been great. The last few days, as we're able to talk through some things and uh, on the field and and really detail some things uh, as well. So he's running really well right now, and, and excited to uh, to see what he does this year. Yeah, I'm really excited about Darren. You know, I was able to throw with him down in Florida. Uh, several times uh, over the off season, and uh, obviously he's been here here as well. So um, just a talented guy. He's very explosive, very fast, um, great at catching the football. Really natural. Uh, when you see a running back catch the ball naturally, whether they're coming out of the backfield or or split out out wide, uh, it definitely adds another element to the offense and uh, can give can give defenses a hard time. So really excited about having Darrington with us. Now, we are going to hear from Titans' potential backup quarterback, Logan Woodside. And I have not been as high on Logan Woodside on this podcast as maybe some of you are about his prospects of being a successful and valuable backup quarterback in the NFL. So I wanted to take this opportunity where I normally wouldn't play you guys the audio from the backup quarterback, give this opportunity to Logan Woodside to... I guess explain for himself and uh, give Titans fans an idea of what he's thinking. And I may or may not lose my mind over one of these answers. But first, Logan Woodside talks about the off-season work that he put in with his fellow Titans. Yeah, I think it was big for me. You know, me and my family stayed here in Nashville this whole off-season um, and really just took it upon myself to, you know, get some guys out there. Um, get some work in, especially since we didn't have that off-season program. And, yeah, I think it would be uh, very beneficial for us. And uh, just excited to, to see that come to, come to life and, uh, and get going. 
and after coming back from injury, hopefully Logan Woodside is able to get going. And if he is able to get going, what are his goals heading into this season? Yeah, I mean, I'm very excited to be back. Um, feels like forever since I've, you know, took a snap under center, but uh, just really feel prepared coming into this year. And, uh, you know, just want to show everybody in the building just uh, that continued uh, work ethic that I have, uh, you know, the ability to continue to learn and then obviously just go out and make the plays. And, uh, you know, I think the year last year really helped me out a ton uh, from a mental standpoint, uh, watching Ryan and how he prepares uh, and just kind of, you know, adapting that and kind of just following what he's been doing. So it's been really great. Speaking of Ryan, what did Tannehill do for Logan Woodside exactly that helped him get better for this season? Yeah, I think first of all, it's just being a pro, you know, and, you know, what time he gets in the building every day, like how he takes care of his body in the meetings. He's also, he's really very detailed um, in the routes and the plays that we have. And I just try to adapt and uh, just kind of, learn from him in that standpoint of, you know, when to ask questions and it's okay to ask questions and, uh, you know, and, and being a leader, I think Ryan is a great leader. Um, you know, everybody looks up to him, uh, and he works extremely hard, uh, and just kind of take that and just kind of mold that into, into what I got going. Out of all the guys that we've heard from since it was announced that there wouldn't be a preseason, I wouldn't say any of them were truly affected by that decision, but someone like Logan Woodside most certainly would be. What were his thoughts about the preseason being canceled? Yeah, I mean, that was tough, but it's something that's out of my control. Um, but, you know, now it's just uh, treat practice like games. And, uh, you know, I think I did a good job of that last year and, you know, get opportunities, whether that's in the walkthroughs, in the meetings or on the practice field and just take advantage of them and uh, just use every day to get better and uh, just continue to continue to work. Now, here is where I got to give major credit to Mother Teresa, Teresa Walker, who covers the Titans for the Associated Press. Uh, he had been asked a few questions that kind of dabbled around this, but Teresa straight up asked Logan Woodside, what are you good at on the field? Can you throw? Do you get through progressions? Are you accurate? What do you do? All we have heard about Logan Woodside is mental capacity, what he did in the film room, blah, blah, blah. What actually are you good at at football? No coaches mention it. They don't talk about it. They don't get excited about it. It leaves us... Uh, A little concerned, at least in my opinion. So he was asked straight up, what the heck are you good at, kid? Well, I think it's just I I know the offense really well. And, you know, I know what what the coaches are trying to get out of the plays. And, you know, I feel like that I have the accuracy and the timing to get the ball to the right people in the right times. Um, And I think really that's the main thing is, you know, being smart with the football um, and just continuing to when we need to make a play that, you know, they'll trust me to, to make it. Now, I don't mean to diminish the things that he mentioned because those are important, taking care of the football, timing, accuracy, but (sighs) Logan Woodside sounds like an assistant coach. He sounds like a quality control coach on an offense. It probably won't be long before he is one. And in my opinion, his responses and the coach's responses to what is this guy actually good at on the field are concerning, as I mentioned. But we will continue as I'm trying to keep a level head about the backup quarterback situation. 
One positive for Logan Woodside this offseason has most certainly been the work that he did in Nashville with his fellow teammates, but who exactly was it that he was working with? Yeah, I mean, we were just around Nashville. We were trying to be safe, you know, with all the, you know, the coronavirus that was going on, trying to be safe and uh, apply to all the protocols. And, you know, we had a few guys coming in, coming in and out of Nashville. Uh, Anthony Ferkser was a guy that was there that we threw that I got a ton of work with, you know, AJ was in town a lot. Um, so got a lot of work with him. Um, and then once the rookies came in, a couple of them came up here to Nashville. So Mason Kinsey, Nick Westbrook, uh, KD, um, and those are guys that just, Adam Humphrey's another guy that uh, has been in and out of town. So just kind of sent them texts every now and then, hey, you in town, let's get together. And for the most part, it was really successful. Nice to see all of the young guys and the undrafted free agents coming into Nashville early and trying to get some work in to do the best they possibly can to put themselves in a position to make this roster. The last thing that we are going to hear from Logan Woodside, I thought was very important to include. Last year, Logan Woodside went on the practice squad IR. The Titans did not have to disclose what his injury was. Why? So he was asked this point blank asked to clarify the injury as well. And when we worry about his arm strength and his arm in general, huh, things are starting to add up. Yeah, it was just an arm injury. Um, you know, it, it took a little longer than I expected. Um, but once I kind of got put on that op, the practice squad R, I knew I probably couldn't come off of that. So I just tried to really focus on, uh, you know, the mental aspect and then just the rehabilitation. And uh, everything's great. I'm feeling great. Okay. So before we get out of here, let's let's just recap. Let's recap. Logan Woodside, never taken an NFL snap, never been on an NFL roster. Logan Woodside, not that great in the AAF, although he was a starter. Logan Woodside, coming off a year where he didn't even make the Titans roster, he made the practice squad, then he hurt his throwing arm, clearly had some setbacks from the injury, I mean, it's a guy who isn't touted for his arm already. This guy's a coach. I hate to break it to you all, but he's a coach. He may be a dang good coach eventually, but I'm worried about him being the Titans' backup, and nothing that I heard from him made me change my mind or feel any better about that. So before I get too negative about the backup quarterback spot, let's get out of here for today. Like I mentioned in the second segment, I have a pretty exciting interview coming up for you guys tomorrow. So I certainly do hope you enjoy, but that is going to do it for me today. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.